This podcast is being recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and acknowledge their ongoing connection to land, waters and culture. Colonisation and genocide are ongoing processes that still occur to this very day. Sovereignty was never ceded and this always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Hey everybody, it's Noon just jumping in quickly before this episode. Uh, this week Zach was away and so we decided we were going to uh, play a bonus episode and we're going to play one that we recorded just last month in January about Craig Kelly. Zach did a whole bunch of research into Craig Kelly, um, a liberal minister who has been in the news a whole lot recently uh, and he's been in the news after we made this bonus episode, uh, which is kind of good and kind of bad because, you know, it's very topical, it's good information about him that's relevant, but we don't discuss all of the stuff that's happened in the last couple of weeks. So, sorry about that, and I hope you enjoy it anyway. Um, Also, I just wanted to shout out our Patreon supporters. Uh, We make our bonus episodes for our Patreon supporters, and if you give us one US dollar a month, you get a monthly bonus episode. And I wanted to shout out Matt, who signed up this week. So thank you so much. That's lovely. Um, But, uh, you know, we like to produce content that's special for our Patreons. And, you know, we just did this one this month. And uh, we didn't want to leave our Patreon supporters be like, oh, we don't get an episode this week, which, you know, totally fair enough. So I will be doing a uh, short little bonus mini treat for our Patreon supporters this week. It'll just be up on Patreon at the time that the normal episode goes up. So I hope you enjoy that. And um, I think that's everything. Uh, thank you all so much for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next week for a regular old snack pod. Hey, going noon? This yeah, is our second. Good. Recording sesh for the day, mm-hmm. doing the old one-two, getting little... releasing the bonus episode on literally the last day of the month. Hell yeah! Uh, well, you know, we made a promise, and we technically <laughs> you're gonna keep it. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. 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 Technically, te- that is technically true. Um, if this is your first bonus episode, welcome. Thank you for signing up. Thank you. The nice way this works, it is very nice to have you here. The way this works is that we take suggestions from our five dollar and up patrons on our Discord. This month, we're taking a suggestion from Guy with a Long Name. Thank you very much, Guy with a Long Name, for your suggestion. Just by the way, I feel like your username really um, reinforces that issue. You could just be like, Guy. Th- th- that was the end of my joke. Yeah, I know. I was, I was like, I could sew this up for noon, but I'm no. going to choose not to. Yeah, cool. <laughs> um, the suggestion was... Craig Kelly biography. Just the Wikipedia is insane. And then uh, an emoji which uh, Google describes as smiling face with open mouth and cold sweat. Hopefully that paints the picture Uh for you. So for those of you who don't know, Craig Kelly is a Liberal MP. He's the member for Hughes, which is in the southwest of Sydney. That includes Liverpool, which is a major CBD in western Sydney, uh, southwestern Sydney. Um... And it's been a liberal seat since the mid-90s. I think it went liberal when Howard was first elected. Sure. Um, And, yeah, we mentioned Craig Kelly on the podcast uh, a couple weeks ago for his comments about the Capitol Hill insurrection. That's right, yeah. 
Um, and, you know, mentioned that he's a COVID conspiracy theorist and really his most notable now as a Facebooker. He regularly gets more engagement on his page than either Scott Morrison or mm-hmm. Al- Anthony Albanese. And that's like, you know, he doesn't have more Facebook fans or likes than them, but he gets way more engagement. On the posts. Sure. Exactly. Heaps and heaps of shares because it's essentially a conspiracy news site. That's mm-hmm. how his page functions. Uh, but Craig Kelly first came to my attention, and I think probably a lot of people's attention, uh, at the beginning of last year when he did this car crash interview on Good Morning Britain. Right. Um, just play a little clip from that now. To try and make out that somehow or other the Australian government could have done something by reducing its carbon emissions that would have reduced these bushfires is just complete nonsense. Do you, accept- do, you, do you accept the planet is heating up at a dangerous level? Yes or no? Yes, but if you look at the maximum temperatures during the day when the fires, if you look at our long-term... If, if you look at our long-term... Well, what, what causes the main thing of the fires is the build-up of the fuel on the ground and the drought. And if you look at our science, if you look at the long-term rainfall records in Australia, there is simply no trend. As CO2 has increased, All right. there has uh, been no trend. In, we want to bring in, in Laura Tobin here. Laura Tobin, our meteorologist. You have the second-highest carbon emission per person on Earth... Mm. And you are burying your head in the sand. This is a climate emergency. You're not a climate sceptic. You're a climate denier. Noon, that, uh, you didn't remember that. No, but it, I'm glad I didn't because I got to rewatch it. Uh, after, after I saw it, I did remember. But yeah, I love that bit where they're <laughs> like, uh, yes or no, yes or no. And you can't see this, listeners, but he's just kind of like looking really grumpy at the camera. Like, fuck these guys. And he's <laughs> like, yes. And then immediately goes on to contradict himself. Yeah. <laughs> So I think that really cemented his public image as yeah he's a he's a dinosaur right? yeah. Um, yeah he's he's a climate denier that's kind of his main um, identity but really like he's, there's this kind of whole hidden side to him as uh, an influencer of mm. politics in this country which is the Facebook stuff yep um, because he doesn't have much of a public profile. As far, like in terms of the kind of mainstream avenues that most sure. politicians would have, I mean, doesn't a, get a lot of like. He's a backbencher. Interviews and in ABC, or whatever, like he's yeah. a talking head on Sky News sure. a lot, and at one point, potentially still continuingly, is like was kind of a regular co-host of right, one of the right. shows. But we'll get into that. But like you know, he he's not really a household name. It's mm-hmm. my point. But he's got this like army of extremely committed conspiracy heads. Mm. Uh, that follow him on Facebook. Um, so, uh, good suggestion, guy with a long name. I think that there is a lot that's interesting to talk about with Craig Kelly. Also, a lot that's really boring um, mm-hmm. because a lot of what's kind of like notable about his entrance into politics is to do with a bunch of shady, dodgy business shit. Cool. Which, I mean, that like, sounds exciting to me. Know, but if you like a tax law, then um, cool boy, you're really going to love this episode. I don't say evasion; <laughs> I say avoision. It's a crime. Look it up. <laughs> so, uh, we're going to do a bit of dickhead story time. Cool. I did, uh, you know, I mainlined uh, just a shitload of, of Craig Kelly content. Yep. I clockwork oranged myself mm-hmm. with um, Craig Kelly articles. Is there an official biography of him? Because you could write one. Well, this is going to have to serve as it. Okay. And I, I will say, um, though, you know... <laughs> Probably shouldn't admit this, but I got a lot of information from a very comprehensive Wikipedia page on him. Great. Um, which, like, just totally smacks of 
a constituent with an axe to grind. And, you know, I mean, it was specifically pointed out by a guy with a long name that um, <laughs> the wiki page was is pretty wild. And there's <laughs> yeah. a lot going on in there. And, yeah, it really is a list of his greatest hits. Cool. Um, but rest assured, there's... There's more. There's, you know, independent research um, <laughs> going on here, <laughs> here as well. But, okay. Um, I've broken this down into a few sections. Uh, the furniture years elected and becoming an MP, then uh, to 2010 to 2018, uh, which is up until the spill where ScoMo got in, and then from the spill to becoming a Facebook demagogue as cool. he is now. So let's start off in the furniture years. So Craig Kelly, before he was a politician, was a furniture salesman. And this is the subject of a lot of very low effort posting by like labor hacks yeah yeah. Yeah, quote unquote criticism yeah yeah exactly how to piss off a furniture salesman say that the climate is real or whatever right and it's like look there's a lot of problems with our parliament but having not enough lawyers and too many blue collar workers is not one of the problems yes i think you summed it up better than i than i could you you're allowed to become a politician regardless of your background yeah what is material more unemployed politicians please um uh what is relevant is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how you behaved in that position sure. yes <laughs> and in craig kelly's case that is extremely dodgily and possibly illegally and mm-hmm. not in a cold smoke Fun weed way. kind of illegal yeah. way in a like don't pay your employees kind of way um if you're hearing a few uh, bumps and rattles along the way, it's because it's all my fault. <laughs> Noon and I are recording in person, and he just physically can't contain his excitement at uh, getting to learn about Craig Kelly. Craig yeah. Kelly's history. Um, kneeing the microphone. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so straight out of high school, Craig Kelly goes to work for his parents' furniture business first as a furniture salesman, and then as an export manager. Which, for whatever reason, is in quotes every time that it's mentioned in the news, like export manager. Like huh. no one quite believes that that's what he was really doing. Yeah, which, it? like, it, as you will probably come to learn, is probably a fair assumption to make in some ways. Um, so the company is called DV Kelly, but they were furniture wholesalers. So it's not a picture of like, you know, pimply faced Craig straight out of high school, like standing on a shop front. Yeah, or like earnestly, like singing the praises of some armchair to newlyweds who are furnishing their forever home gotcha, or whatever. Gotcha. Like, yeah, yeah, that is what I was imagining. I was, I was thinking about when I went to Brotherhood of St. Lawrence when <laughs> <laughs> to try and find a, an armoire. But yeah, the, but as far as that, as you, far from that as you can get, as far from Franco Cotto as you could get, their business model was importing well, crimes. That, that's true. That's a good point. Um, and they both like sport. Um, their business model, the business model of D.D. Kelly was importing flat-packed furniture from Asia, assembling it, and then selling it to Harvey Norman. Um, <laughs> that was, it's kind of genius. It's just cold, hard business. Like, yep. it could have been anything, you know. Yep, yep. Craig doesn't love flat-packed furniture. No, he doesn't no. have a passion for import-export. It's just, you know, the family business was moving products around. Yeah. It may as well have been... You know, the fucking paper company from the office or whatever. Anyway, so he's there at that at the family business for 30 years before he becomes a politician. Um, and during this time, he also founds the Southern Sydney Retailers Association, which is pretty hard to find out about. Mm-hmm. Craig Kelly himself is the only person that I can find any record of having any public association huh. with this group. Um, <laughs> it's pretty funny. And I looked it up and legally... To register as an association in New South Wales, you need five people. 
Great. And a board that has three people. Mm -hmm. And I know for a fact there are at least four people in Craig Kelly's family who are part of his family business, potentially five. And this is a total guess. Yep. In no way supported by a fact that I've seen written anywhere, but my guess is that the association is made up completely of members of his family, all of whom are part of D.V. Kelly Proprietary Limited. Uh, we should start the Australian Podcasters Association. Um, we would get fucking media for that. Well, that's exactly what happens to Craig. Right. Whether I'm right or not, the sure, sure. that yeah, title, yeah, yeah. like... Mm-hmm. Being head of the Southern Sydney Retailers Association gives him a bit of superficial authority. Yeah. He becomes a bit of a media talking head on consumer affairs issues after that point. So, which clearly is the game, right? Yeah. Sorry, I'm very distracted imagining us, you know, that... <laughs> Your brain is What would it be off? like if I rubbed the quickie mark? <laughs> Except <laughs> if, I, what if I founded the Australian podcast. What if I became the Australian face of podcasting? Uh, <laughs> Noon, I, I think you should go for it. Cool. I'm that's doing that's else, my so, official yeah, advice. Sweet. You might, might end up in Parliament. Just be careful. <laughs> um, so, I mean, look, anyway, to his credit, the only quotes that I could find attributed to Craig Kelly in his role as the head of the SSRA, Southern Sydney's Retailers Association, were all shitting on Woolworths and Coles. Like every single cool. every single quote from him Great. in an article. Um, it's weird because they're not really involved in the furniture business, but sure. Well, yeah, but I mean, their main thing is squeezing smaller retailers. So he's really standing up for the for the little guy there. Sure. Right? Um, this is the beginning of building a political career. Right. No, I mean, good on him. I mean, fuck calls and boys. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, but uh, listen to this quote from an article that I found off a news site called Smart Company. This is from two thousand and eight. A Sydney small business group has accused national grocery retail chain Woolworths of price gouging in some of its supermarkets in the city's west. So far, sounds pretty Mm -hmm, legit. mm -hmm. The Southern Sydney Retailers Association discovered an average 134% price differential when it purchased a standard basket of 28 grocery items from the Fairfield and Greystains Woolworths outlets. Mm -hmm. Doesn't that just really sound like Craig Kelly did that himself one time? Like... Yeah, he, went I mean, and, he went and bought one basket. The, the basket is a common economic concept, though. Uh, that's a, It's a real thing that people do, and there's like... Oh, I don't think that it's not a valid... Comparison. No, yeah. no. And, like, I believe him that the price differential is fucked. Sure. It's just... Southern it's Sydney Retailers imagining... Association conducts an experiment, and it's just Craig going to the shops two times. Twice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> again... I'm guessing, but I think we can all feel that it's probably it's true. probably what was going on. Um, and I've, I've got a note here in my notes, which says, editorializing, which I've already been doing <laughs> a lot of, but I'm going to continue to do. Great. Um, I love it. I do actually think that Craig Kelly genuinely gave a fuck about this stuff, from what I can see. Right. I mean, I think that there is a longer-term vision towards building a reputation for himself. Sure. He's eyeing off a career in politics at some point in the future. But as you say, you know, like... Shitting publicly on Woolworths and Coles doesn't have a lot to do with importing flat pack furniture from Asia and selling it to Harvey Norman. Right, right, right. So, you know. um, He's going out of his way to do this thing that isn't directly and obviously for personal benefit. Or at least not entirely. Sure, Um, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, like, the tenor of his conspiracy theorizing, to me, also sounds quite genuine. Like, I don't... Oh, absolutely. I mean, with all these people... I think they believe it. Like yeah. most of them. And I mean, that's actually like also a, a massive the, problem. Part of the problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
But so, yeah, I mean, I think that he did give at least a little bit of a fuck, but mm-hmm. also this whole, like, retailers association that is probably just you and maybe, like, a secretary really, like, I think establishes the Craig Kelly modus operandi, which mm-hmm. is, like, smoke and mirrors that are kind of official sounding, give yourself an air of legitimacy that you basically haven't really earned. But it's an approach that has clearly led to a lot of success for him sure. and me for you, Noon. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> okay, take notes. Well, I already did for several hours last night. I'm really sleepy. Um, but, okay, so Craig Kelly is first elected in 2010, but before we get there... Uh, here's the final chapter in the like DV Kelly proprietary mm-hmm. limited saga. And I'll try to be quick because this is a bit boring, but it's sort of like pivotal to understanding his entry into politics. So in 2009, Kelly's dad, who runs the company, has a stroke. He survives, but Craig's brother, Jason, takes over the family business, mm-hmm. at which point the cash starts to dry up. Hmm. And pretty soon they stop being able to pay their debts. The company becomes insolvent. And if you, like me, are like, I only 60 to 70% know what that word means. Mm -hmm. It just means that you can't pay your debts as a company. Um, Hopefully that was helpful for more people than just me. I had to look up a lot of business terms doing this research. I'm not very stonks. Um, So Craig Kelly says that he stopped working for the company in 2009. At the end of 2011, the Australian tax office filed a winding up application to mm-hmm. the company, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's like, you guys have been broke for a while. Maybe you should just stop. Yeah, well, no, they literally like wind up the business. <laughs> yeah. like, and that's the official term for it, which yeah. is, uh, I don't know, just that just uh, tickled me. Mm. Um, <laughs> so Davy Kelly, Proprietary Limited, is given three months to close the company. And then in early 2012, liquidators are appointed. And again, for you non-business people out there, that's just people who assi- are assigned to come in, take control of the company, sell whatever remaining assets it has, and then use that money to pay off the debts the company owes. In this case, I highly doubt that that was enough money to cover the company's debts because when it collapsed, it was owing over $4 million to wow. various people, including over $325,000 in unpaid wages, super, and leave Fuck. to nine employees who were not part of the family. Sure. So like, you know... Sympathy for the uh, DV Kelly proprietary limited business waning for me mm-hmm, at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay, so that about covers the family business history. Sure. Uh, and so I've skipped ahead to, to 2012 here, but let's uh, backtrack to 2010, which is the start of Craig Kelly's polit- political career. Um So he's elected in the seat of Hughes, which has been a liberal seat since 1996, but was pretty marginal. Mm-hmm. Um, the sitting MP resigned and Craig Kelly won quite comfortably, got a bit of a swing towards him. Uh, in his maiden speech, he spoke about raising his son, Trent, who has Down syndrome and is autistic. I've got a quote here from him. The special experience I have had with Trent has made me a better person. It has made me fully appreciate that each individual has a real value of their own and that the dignity of every individual must be respected. Cool. That's, that's, sure. uh, you know, it's cool. He also talked about how great rugby is. And uh, he basically described his time working, quote, ridiculously long hours in a small family business and trying to do the best for my family as his main qualification for being a member of parliament. Mm-hmm. Cause it's really all he did. Um, but no, <laughs> you, know, you write something in the notes and you're like, Oh, I wish I'd written a better joke here. <laughs> I know all about it, Zach. Yeah. Just by the way, for listeners, normally we're both looking at the same document 
um, but this is a very one-sided research info dump. So I'm just looking at Zach. Yeah. And he's looking at the notes. Because it's story time. I don't get to read these bad <laughs> jokes in advance. Yeah. Well, that qualification came very close to being a disqualification. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see I, how you wanted to I wrote a little have written a different one. Winky face in the notes there for myself. Thanks, past Zach. <laughs> really, you. really appreciate it, bro. Um <laughs> So the administrators who had taken over the Kelly family business put out a report that said that Craig and his brother Jason may not have just been employees, but in fact, de facto directors of the company. Mm -hmm. That sounds probably true. It sounds quite likely to be true. Kelly repeatedly denied this, uh, despite just a fucking truckload of quite convincing evidence that mm -hmm. he was, in fact, the director Here's a little smattering. He had signed legal documents mm -hmm. in a New Zealand court case as the director of the company. Mm -hmm. the, New the High Court Justice in that New Zealand court case said that Kelly was, quote, a director of the respondent company. Mm -hmm. Plus, he was legally <laughs> and officially, like on the paperwork, as the director of three other business ent entities that were, like, related to... Sure. Yep. Yeah, you know, right, little right. side... You know, you, you have you have a few trading names. Yep. And he was the head of the one for buying flat pack furniture, the one for selling unflat packed furniture. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um so you know, the thing about this is that if he was in fact the shadow director of the company, that would have made him legally liable for, for the, the debts. company's debts. Yep. Exactly. Uh he could have also faced civil penalties mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. that. Uh and the reason that this is sort of relevant is that that would have obviously bankrupted him. And according to the Constitution, if you're bankrupt and haven't paid your debts, you're not allowed to sit in the House of Representatives. Gotcha. Um, so if any of the people or companies that D.V. Kelly, Proprietary Limited, had owed money to, had decided to sue Craig Kelly for their money because he was the de facto director, he basically would have had to step down as an MP. So he's like just been elected and skin of his teeth manages to stay in there because obviously... This didn't happen. Right. We've been stuck with him to this day. Um, I'm just like full of schemes today, but maybe we could buy 51% of one of the companies they owed money to and then sue him. I don't know. It's probably past the statute of mm. limitations or something now, but yeah, well, there's more. Please continue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Albo did actually make an active effort to get rid of Craig Kelly uh, around this stuff. Sure. Uh, it was slightly different, but he referred, Craig, he, Alba referred Craig Kelly to the Parliamentary Privileges Committee uh -huh. for not disclosing that he was a director of those three side right, companies. Right. Um, and I've got a quote here from a, uh, a crikey article from the time. Kelly said that he had told his accountant to resign the other directorships upon his election in 2010, but there was a delay in updating the register due to illness. <laughs> Okay. Such a funny, like, oh yeah. I mean, I told someone else to do it, uh, but also then they were sick. <laughs> I assume is what he means. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, the election was in August, 2010 and like, he didn't re technically resign those directorships until 2011. Sure. Like someone That's had to be sick months. for like eight months. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> you're supposed to declare that type of shit within like uh, one month sure, of sure. taking office, yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he was referred to the committee. They found no grounds to discipline him. In other words, they decided that he was like just the perfect amount of shady for to be an Australian politician. Mm -hmm. uh, hadn't quite overstepped that line, but you got to have a few dodgy business deals under your belt before <laughs> you get in there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So okay, 
that is, I promise, the end of his like of like discussion of Craig Kelly's dodgy business shit. Um, it's all I was enjoying it. <laughs> well, good, uh, but it's all pretty much behind him now. Sure, you know, uh, other than the he's occasional... gotten away with it. Yeah. yeah, he's he's completely gotten away with it, and like the fact that he became a politician means that he will never be held accountable right. for right. that. You know? um, which like. Is it a coincidence that he decides to run for parliament the same year that the family business starts to hemorrhage cash? That Maybe. is something that I, the defamation law would suggest I don't comment on. Um, <laughs> uh, now that we have transcripts. Okay, so 2010, here we are. We're in the next section. Uh, election to spill, I've called it. It's it's thrilling stuff. Wall-to-wall action here. Okay, so Kelly is elected. He installs himself as a member of the right-wing faction mm-hmm. within the Liberal Party. Uh, it doesn't seem to particularly make waves early on, as far as I can tell. Probably the most notable thing was that he was part of the committee that oversaw the rollout of the NDIS. Huh. He was appointed by Tony Abbott as the only sitting MP with direct experience of raising sure. a disabled child. Um which the news articles and the Wikipedia page and other kind of sources that I looked around for on this all kind of noted. Um, I don't know if like they looked for anybody with a disability to be on that. Sure. Like, um, you know, at, the, at that time in parliament, I didn't think there was anybody mm-hmm. with uh, a disability they could put on that. So it's like, I don't know. It, I guess there is, there's something about the way that, that Kelly talk like talks about being involved in the ndas that is all very from a carer's perspective Mm, mm -hmm. um and like i think it's good that there's somebody that has some kind of experience yeah yeah, yeah. like on that committee somebody who has like a disabled person in their life Mm. and who you know is actually like invested in the issue obviously but also the interviews that I've seen from him talking about this stuff is very much about like, oh yeah, it's really tough on carers. The NDIS is going to yep. make life a lot easier for carers, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. I just, when I was reading over my notes and what went past that sentence, I was like, yeah, I wonder how different this conversation would have been if there was somebody with a disability actually on that committee. Sure. Um, and, you know, how they would have communicated to the media about it, but instead Kelly becomes kind of the de facto expert mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then has only his very limited experience and also not, well, not limited experience, Like he, you know, he has only that, a particular angle on it or whatever. Yeah, he's it's... only got that indirect, I guess, experience. Um, but also by his own admission, like when he became a politician left almost all of the caring work to his wife, mm. like he directly says that. Mm. So look, I don't know. I, I don't have like, I'm not trying to make a point exactly. I'm just like, you know. Sure, it's a biography, not a yeah, blast. Just you know, and, uh, yeah, I, I think it's always worth remembering that even the shittiest people have like real lives and other people in those lives and like humane experiences that involve compassion and stuff. Like, yeah, I mean, not. I guess the like, I, I guess more the point I was trying to get at was that like there was all this sort of. Uh, hubbub made about the fact of oh we have somebody who's like raised a disabled child on sure. this committee and so there's lived experience here and it's like well yes kind of no. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah you know what i mean yep. anyway so that's all i wanted to kind of point out um so he does become a regular sky news panelist around this time uh and then 2013 federal election he's re-elected with a very healthy swing towards him uh, at this point, a narrative of Craig Kelly having like strong grassroots support mm-hmm. 
starts to develop. So he, at this stage, is regarded as a political performer. He's he you know he was elected into a marginal seat. Yep, turned it Increased into a safe margin. One. Yep, exactly. Uh, Twenty fourteen. Just going to read an excerpt from an SBS article. Croatia has summoned the Australian ambassador in Zagreb to answer questions about a federal MP's speech at a controversial Croatian community event in Sydney. Liberal MP Craig Kelly is alleged to have conveyed Prime Minister Tony Abbott's best wishes at an event commemorating April 10, or the foundation date of a pro-Nazi Croatian government in the 1940s. The event held last week at the Croatian club Sydney in Punchbowl was to commemorate the date of establishment of the so-called independent state of Croatia. During the Second World War, the so-called independent state of Croatia was affiliated with fascist Italy and Nazi Germany, adopting their policies, including the deportation and killing of Jews and other non-Croats. That's... Hmm. <laughs> Is Craig Kelly Croatian? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Kelly doesn't strike me as a super Croatian name, but... I don't think that that's the connection. Right, I think right. that he was a last minute... I was like, oh, a government person, or... Yeah, I think that I think that potentially someone else was supposed to be there, and and he sort of filled in. I don't really know, but his response to this, I'm sure, it's going to be great. Yeah, he yeah. said he, he said, well, no, I said that both fascism and communism were evil, um, and I don't know anything about this apparently fascist flag that they were flying on the stage when I gave this speech. I guess that's a whoopsie on my part. That was <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, that was 2014 for Craig Kelly. 2015, um, we have. Uh, I get- Go on. I think there's very little chance of me ever being elected to parliament because I'm quite a lazy person. But I could easily imagine being invited to, yeah, you know, it's a Croatian Independence Day. Like, cool. I'm not sure I would have looked up specifically the history of that independence. But now, if I ever do get invited to speak at any country's anything day... <laughs> I will definitely double check what it is. Yeah, that's, I think... that's my promise to you, Snackpod bonus episode listeners. It's clearly not a super well-known history amongst. No, like... I didn't know that. Yeah, right. But <laughs> you know, I think you probably like most European states. You just kind of want to check out which especially date. in the the sort of Balkan in region. Balkan region. <laughs> mm. Just quick little double check. Have a little Wikipedia. Yeah, not Craig Kelly's <laughs> style. Uh... But okay, that was 2014. 2015, we have the first of many spills. Um, this one in the Liberal Party. Um, take a guess, Noon. Who do you think Craig Kelly backs between Turnbull and Abbott? I'm going to say Abbott. Yeah, it's a very easy one. Um, <laughs> so uh, Turnbull wins the spill, despite Craig Kelly's vehement support mm-hmm, of Tony mm-hmm. Abbott. Um and then in the lead up to the 2016 federal election, and this is the first bit of actually like juicy political shenanigans, mm-hmm. um, the liberal moderates want to challenge Craig Kelly for pre-selection. Gotcha. Turnbull writes to the leader of the New South Wales, uh, to the director of the New South Wales Liberals, endorsing Kelly and saying that he wants him returned for pre-selection. Interesting. So the pre-selection challenger I guess withdraws. This classic thing of like keep your friends close and your enemies closer and like that was 100%. that was basically why turnbull didn't get anything done for the entire time um, yes was that he tried to keep his enemies close and did a terrible job of it yes <laughs> um and this is, is in some ways probably as a player within the liberal party 
the most important thing that Craig Kelly was a part of. That right. Essentially, he was central to the undoing of Turnbull. Mm, mm-hmm. um, so uh the pre-selection challenger withdraws after Turnbull's intervention Craig Kelly oh, is such a bad tactical move like I can so I, I know I literally no, just said this about it, no you keep your enemies closer but like you're right Turnbull clearly thinks that Kelly will be like oh Malcolm he saved my job he's great I'll support him I'll stop being a huge dickhead about him at every opportunity and then it didn't happen it was like oh. of, well because obviously of course it did it it didn't yeah, yeah. um but so, like, he's re-elected, a couple points swing away from him. Uh, the electorate seems to be kind of turning away from him. Sure. But this, like, Turnbull uh, intervening on his behalf is part of a pattern. Tony Abbott had previously reached uh, into the process to preserve him from challenges. This is according to a New York Times article. They didn't really give specifics, but mm-hmm. they were like, uh, yeah, they just said that he protect- that Abbott had protected uh, Craig Kelly from moderate challenges. But, like, yeah, I think Turnbull's, Stepping in on his behalf shows, as you say, like an extraordinarily misguided strategy on Turnbull's behalf where he thinks he can kind of like make himself a couple of allies in the right faction and shore up his power. But I think what it also shows is that Craig Kelly is seen as somebody within the Liberal Party who you want on side, who's got a little bit of clout, a little bit of uh, influence. Uh, And as you say, of course, as an arch-conservative, Craig Kelly repaid Turnbull's kindness by constantly undermining him, Mm -hmm. making use of his Sky News appearances to snipe at him, and most particularly hammering him on the National Energy Guarantee, which, of course, is the policy that undoes Turnbull's prime ministership. A year or two later, yeah. Kelly is at the center of this. Yep. But he's kind of a background player, Mm -hmm. which I think... So this is kind of, you know... This is where I think it's fun, digging into somebody who's like, oh, what, who's this Facebook person? Right, right. Who, they had a car crash interview on fucking Good Morning Britain? Mm-hmm. And then you like dig a little bit deeper and you're like, this is Don't one of the people who was like... <laughs> yeah. and, and it turns out that he's actually like in the center of the, one of the most kind of major political mm. upheavals in, in recent Australian political history. But the, at the time, nobody really knew who he was. Yeah, interesting. Um, there was a whole monkey pod. Did that come up in your research? No. So... It's just like a room in a bar near Parliament House that, or maybe it's even in Parliament House, um, that all of the far right anti Turnbull people had uh, wine yeah. in. No, most it's coming weeks. back. No, and totally, he was part of that. Yeah, yeah and it was him and Tony Abbott. Yeah, and yeah. Like four or five others, Peter Dutton. It's coming yeah. back to me now. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And so, and look, and look, you know, I say that nobody knew who he was. It's obviously not true. Sure, sure. <laughs> but people like, who were paying attention. He's. Yeah, I, I think that it's just funny, like looking back mm. and realizing, like oh, he's been doing shit for a while. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he he's been busy even when like he wasn't famous for being a conspiracy theorist. Um, so yeah, 2018 is coming to an end. A lot is happening in Australian politics. Turnbull's leadership is looking very shaky. The 2019 federal election is just around the corner. Craig Kelly is right in the fucking thick of it. Uh, and then there is another spill in the Liberal Party. And Craig Kelly is one of the Liberals most actively calling for the spill. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He voted for Dutton both times. Uh, but after Scott Morrison wins, Craig Kelly tweeted that um, ScoMo had his full support. Sure. So, you know. I mean, from his point of view, the main thing was get rid of Turnbull. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, and this, this is the point at which Craig Kelly takes on a job at Sky as a regular weekly co-host of a show called Outsiders. Do you know about I do. Outsiders? Mark yeah. Latham's Outsiders. Mm, no. no. Maybe previously? Sure. Uh, 
Mark Le- I think Mark Latham's Outsiders might just be the a, name a of group. his like Facebook page or something. Oh, okay, but it's it's a joke because of insiders exactly. and then offsiders. Yes, yes. So uh, so outsiders is the, is Sky News's response. Yep. To insiders, yeah, um, and is it's renowned as one of the strongest bastions of just fucking the most disgusting bigoted horse shit in Australian media. Cool. Um, and so Craig Kelly was like stepping in specifically to replace this guy Ross Cameron, who you might remember was sacked for being too racist, even by Sky News standards. He went on this, like, just horrible racist rant about Chinese people hmm. and just used a bunch of, like, the most playground-level, like, 12-year-old edgelord racist insults. Like, it's just very... just. I don't remember that at all, but, to- I mean, like, zero surprise. Yeah, but it sure. was a couple of years ago now, right. but, like, yeah, he's fired... About the uh, anti-Indian racist rants in the Labour Party, but uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's rac- It's all racism all the time here in Australia. Um, but yeah, so I mean, the, like those are the, fil- the shoes that um, Craig Kelly is filling gotcha. on Outsiders. Gotcha. Um, so, obviously by this point, the moderates in the Liberal Party fucking hate Craig Kelly's guts. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> uh, he helped stage Turnbull's knifing uh, and so they decide to take another run at his pre-selection in the lead up to the 2019 election. Um, there's an article that I found from uh, Bevan Shields at the time, our favorite source, uh-huh. uh, who said that Craig Kelly was, quote, facing certain defeat in the pre-selection. And according to that same article, apparently Kelly had admitted this in sure, private. Sure. Uh, and I mean, that's what everyone thought as well, that, that un- unlosable election, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think, well, no, 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 not, not as in like, to the Labour Party, he was facing defeat. Oh, facing certain defeat in pre-selection. Sure, sure, yeah, sure. we're talking yeah, about yeah. pre-selection here. Yeah. No, 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 gotcha. Um, and I didn't bother to learn the name of this challenger, but like the same dude has been kind of like waiting to challenge him for mm-hmm, this seat mm-hmm. in a while. A moderate liberal. Um, and yeah, I mean, essentially, Kelly had lost the support of the local liberal branches, mm-hmm. so he knew his grass grassroots support was gone. He's pretty much fucked. Uh, he responded to the attempt to uh, pre-select him, to challenge his pre-selection by threatening to move to the crossbench if, quote, <laughs> the higher powers that be didn't make sure that he was pre-selected. Um, and so Craig Kelly is facing certain defeat in mm-hmm. the pre-selection. He's made threats to leave the party if he's not pre-selected. And then do you want to take a guess what happens next noon? got pre-selected i'm not sure i i I don't know uh well please tell me abbott turnbull and scott morrison all independently have reached in to save this guy's political career the fuck (laughs) what's the fuck so scott morrison floats the idea of using executive party powers to have the new south wales party leadership just blanket endorse all sitting candidates i do remember about this yes he effectively tries to cancel pre-selections right right in new south wales to save craig kelly yeah like what is this guy's special source seriously i mean can you ask heinz how they make tomato (laughs) sauce no you can't (laughs) a man's either got sauce or he doesn't have sauce and craig kelly I, Apparently, think, you know, source. it's really all I can think of is you know he's just he's somebody who has quite happily backed the like conservative yeah. like he's you know he's well installed in the right faction, big Abbott guy. That's his political lineage. I wonder if he like 
buys people drinks or something. Like, I think he's just like a lad that they enjoy his company or something. Like, the, the there may well be something like that yeah. as well. Um, but anyway, so he's got the best Scott pingers. Morrison like suggests basically like calling off pre-selections in order mm-hmm. to save Kelly and Turnbull, who had just been ousted by Kelly, largely, largely. By, or like yeah. partially by Kelly, tweeted about this furiously um saying that it was unacceptable um whilst of course dismissing comparisons to the time that he himself had intervened to save kelly's career um and turnbull then also made a bunch of what the articles all describe as quote representations to people in the liberal party about this and so once that strikes me as them calling turnbull and being like did you intervene is that well i made representation (laughs) yeah i'm so he's basically calling around being like fuck this guy this is i mean get rid of this this is an outrageous breach of party protocol and blah 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 you know turnbull shit uh and like you know craig kelly is genuinely on a fucking knife side at this point but once it was leaked that Turnbull was trying to undermine Scott Morrison's decision, <sighs> the moderates in the party essentially had no option other than to back Morrison in against Jeez. Turnbull because they couldn't be seen to undermine his leadership. The Prime Minister, yeah. So Turnbull Fucking essentially hell. for a second time, albeit this time against his wishes, oh, oh. in reverse, saves yeah. Craig saves Craig Kelly from the fucking sharks or the bulldogs or whatever you want to. He yeah. saves him, saves his career again, accidentally. Um, but, you know, it's more directly at Scott Morrison. So they go ahead with the fucking using the executive powers to a, pre-select all sitting members. It's, it's a big, like... I, there's that line, uh, you know, history always repeats the first time as tragedy, the second time as farce. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like the, the, the Turnbull's <laughs> attempts here is the perfect example of that. The first time he deliberately saves this guy who he hates and who then betrays him as the tragedy. And the next time he's pissed off about it, tries to stop it happening and happens again. It's the farce. Beautiful. It's, it's beautiful example. It's so, and yeah, he just, and classic Turnbull just can't keep his fucking mouth shut and would have got what he wanted if he had shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, it's also like, ah, look, the perfect place to not put my foot in. Oh, oh exactly. I so, put my foot in it. And like... You know, to, to to be clear, like, there was no support within the party for Scott Morrison reaching in, right, using executive right. powers to save Kelly. The, like, in order to pass that motion, it needed, like, 90% support yeah, or something. Yeah, of course. It only yeah, needed, like, three members to vote against it. it. Yeah. And it never would have gotten up. If Turnbull Until Turnbull made it. it an issue of <sighs> party unity behind and the like, Prime Minister. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and, like... The libs are shaking in their boots at this point because, right, as you they say, think gonna lose. everybody thinks that they're going to lose. Um, there was also, and I can't believe this wasn't a bigger story, but Kelly's pre-selection opponent was offered $350,000 for a six-week job by Scott Morrison's right-hand man Ugh. on the condition that he drop out of the pre-selection the race. Like, <laughs> That's so gross. What yeah. the hell? Did he do it? No. The job, like he turned the job, the the, the pre the, the the challenger turned the job down. The this story then was the leaked, pre-selections and got nothing canceled. happened. Yeah. Like, and like nobody ever faced any consequences for that. Uh, fucking amazing. Well, that's really upsetting. <laughs> yeah, and like so anyway, Kelly's pre-selection is saved by Scott Morrison and accidentally by Turnbull. He's returned in the election basically against the wishes of of like liberal voters in his mm-hmm. seat who at this stage uh have 
created a, a group called Hughes Deserves Better lobbying uh, that also rings a bell. Yeah, 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 lobbying to like get a different liberal candidate in there because yeah, they want this moderate guy. Uh, and like, I feel like that's when you know you've really arrived as a politician. Like it's when there's a specific with the people community who, group. What the people who vote you in fucking hate you and don't want you there, but you get voted in anyway. Right, you're right. That's true. That's yeah, yeah. Like, that's the consummation of like politicianhood. You're just, yeah, yeah, you're fucking part of now the you're furniture made. now. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh. So uh, just before I, I talk a little bit about the actual 2019 election. Mm -hmm. uh, here's another good quote. This is from an article in The Leader, which is a local paper from Craig Kelly's electorate. Police have cleared Hughes MP Craig Kelly after investigating an altercation involving him and a climate change activist dressed as a dinosaur. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, so, you can, you know, it doesn't take... You could probably work it out if you think about it long enough, but uh, climate activists in dinosaur suits, which <laughs> had written on them... <laughs> Craig Kelly, denial or so. Okay. <laughs> so weak. It's so weak. But so, yeah, there were... In the lead-up to the 2019, this, like, group of activists who walked around wearing these dinosaur suits trying to campaign against Craig Kelly. Uh, and, and one particular guy in a dino suit claims that when he walked up to Kelly at a train station, Kelly threatened to punch him. And Craig Kelly um, denies this. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I'm just going to finish off this little side story with another quote from that leader article. Mr. Thompson said the detective who investigated the incident told him the CCTV vision was partial and inconclusive, which <laughs> there's something just so funny about, like, <laughs> like, is that a guy in a dinosaur suit? It is hard to tell. The CCTV is partial and inconclusive. Mm -hmm. uh, just uh, that also really tickled me. Uh, but okay. 2019, it's election time, the election rolls around, and it's a dark day for all of us mm -hmm. listening to this mm -hmm. podcast and making this podcast. Craig Kelly has returned with 60% of the vote after preferences, which is roughly stable from his 2016 results. It's a good result. It's like, you know, liberal. That's a solid win. It's liberal heartland at yeah. this point, yeah. Um, but uh, 2019 appears to be the point where Kelly sort of gently slides across the barrier between climate denier and just out and out conspiracy theorists hmm. like obviously there's a fair amount of venn diagram Crossover overlap there, there. Yeah. i mm. mean climate denialism is a conspiracy theory mm -hmm. um uh but like it seems that it's kind of hard to tell hard to get history on the people's social media performance unless you pay and i'm not fucking doing that um but it seems to be that this is when his facebook page really takes off sure uh, and, like, maybe this is a response to him feeling like he's losing grassroots support in his electorate, trying to find other ways to, like, reach people mm -hmm. or get a bit of a profile. Uh, but as I said, I do think that he's pretty genuinely on board with all of this conspiracy totally, shit yeah, that he yeah, spouts. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, by this stage, Kelly obviously has a long and proud history of climate denial um, as the dinosaurs sure, yeah, yeah. demonstrate. Indicate, but, like, yeah. very... Not this kind of, like... Tony Abbott-esque climate denial where occasionally you'll say something that doesn't track with the science or you sound a bit skeptical or whatever. Right, Like, right. this dude has publicly spouted every fucking bullshit argument in the book. We didn't really need to get into that much detail about it because, like, you've heard what it before. What else is there to say? Yeah. But I thought, you know, why not 
Smorgasbord of the greatest hits. Great. 30 years ago, the temperature was the same globally about where it was today. That's a lie. False. <laughs> uh, it's CO2 we're talking about. It's what turns water into soda water. It's what makes Chardonnay into champagne. <laughs> mm, okay. <laughs> the climate was always dangerous. We didn't make it dangerous. Hmm. Uh, other greatest wow. hits such as people will die of cold because renewable energy drives up fuel prices. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, of course, who could forget, there's no link between climate change and drought. So, you know, that gives you a pretty good sense. It's a thorough, you know, every angle. The whole gamut. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, there's, there was a whole website uh, set up by people from his electorate um, to fact check his bullshit called right. HughesFacts.com. <laughs> I don't recommend checking it out. As a result of his <laughs> denialism... Uh, what? Sorry. Could you say a little bit more about why it's bad? Oh, it's just kind of boring. Okay. Sure, right. <laughs> it's, I just thought it would be funnier. Yeah. It's not. It's okay, not that yeah, funny. Yeah. No, they're just like, this is not true. Yeah, yeah, and there's like other blog posts in there that aren't directly like attacking Craig Kelly, which I obviously wasn't at all interested sure, in. Sure, sure. Okay, cool. Um, no worries. I just, you know, I just wanted to check it about that. It wasn't no, like yeah. secretly like super racist or whatever like not as far as i could tell okay, cool, cool. yeah it does seem to be run as most of the opposition to him in his seat is by like other liberals yeah yeah liberal moderates who like you know i'm also racist i just don't think that climate change is a hoax yeah um <laughs> so anyway as a result of his denialism Craig Kelly got fucking banned from Q&A by Scott Morrison. That's right. <laughs> just, <laughs> I fucking... By Scott Morrison as well as, like, the principal being like, right. <laughs> and, like, not even by Morrison personally, sure, it looks sure. like. Like, okay, here's a quote from a City Morning Herald article mm-hmm, about this. Mm-hmm. Mr. Kelly... Okay, no, no, no. Actually, I'm going to get your help to read, okay, yeah, to, to yeah. read this noon. Okay. I want you to read all of the words in this sentence... That are in quotation marks. Mr. Kelly was preparing a number of charts to hold up during the live to air program to support his belief that the scientific consensus on climate change is a lie and a fraud. Uh, um, so, <laughs> the charts is in quotation marks just killed me. And, yeah. and maybe it was, you know, the thing about writing me writing these like really long research heavy mm-hmm. bonus episodes is that I inevitably end up staying up late on a Friday night. I need Trying a couple to... of beers yeah. to like get through it. The notes kind of get less and less coherent as they go along. But also, you know, after a few beers and it's like 1130 and I've done a full work day and I've been writing these notes for four hours... <laughs> Somebody putting the word charts in quotation marks <laughs> just very like, amusing. Just completely lose my shit. I don't know. I genuinely don't know if it's funny, but to me, I mean, that it, was fucking hilarious. I do wonder <laughs> what these things were that were like kind of charts, but kind of not. Or well, like, I think the reason that it's in quotation marks is that they're attributing it the word to, to Kelly. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. Um, yeah, he was like, I've got these charts, yeah. and they show that these lies are a fraud, and like. I am so angry at Morrison that he denied us the the, the, the photos of Craig Kelly doing a fucking manual PowerPoint holding up these massive pieces of butchered paper. Man, send him an email. (laughs) Send me your charts. Being like, dude, I heard you were going to be on Q&A and you got banned and I really want to see this presentation. We should contact him. We'll give it a go. It'll be some original snack pod 
investigative journalism. I'll totally. Give it Our yeah. first bit of journalism ever. Um, <laughs> so anyway, he, he applied for leave to go on Q&A and uh, was denied by Scott Morrison's office. So clearly it comes from Morrison, but like... Morrison didn't even tell him to his Directly, face. It looks yeah, like yeah, and Craig, staff or something. Yeah, and there was a I don't have it here, but there was a funny quote in the article where Kelly is like clearly pretty steamed that he just got an email from like Not a staffer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and it, I'm backtracking a bit, but the the, the charts and climate charts and Q and A made me think of that time that guy Brian Cox, yeah. that British guy, came yeah. on. And I can't remember who he was talking. Malcolm Roberts, I think. Um, from One Nation, Malcolm Roberts, like, oh, climate change is bullshit. And, and, um, Brian Cox pulls up this, you know, A4 piece of paper with a chart on it. And it's like, well, actually, no, you can see here, it goes upwards. Um, and I'm just imagining Craig Kelly doing that, but it's just like a pie chart, but all of it is labeled like lie, <laughs> fraud. <laughs> That's and he's like, oh, actually, no, 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 it's a, Lie points at the <laughs> and, diagram. And people are like, well, I've actually just got a couple charts. Everyone's like, boo, boo. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you on your charts. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. okay. Chart gate, we're done with it. Please move on. <laughs> chart gate, we're putting chart gate behind us. 2019 is coming to an end. 2020 is just around the corner. Oh, yeah. And the real hot ticket for climate deniers, obviously, at this point, and I didn't intend to put a pun here, but there we are. There is no link between bushfires and climate change. Yes. And now we're coming full circle to Kelly's car crash interview. Um, and this, can, you know, let's call it what it is, a fucking conspiracy theory mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. bushfires and climate change aren't linked. Yep. It's something that Kelly was milking a lot on his Facebook page. And he's really starting to get some momentum on Facebook at this point. There are articles going back to like, yeah, early 2020 being like, we should be worried about this guy's mm-hmm. Facebook presence. Right. Like I, it's really coming to, to the fore now. Cause he's like, it's <laughs> kind of he's like, transitioning into COVID conspiracy. Right. Climate denialism in Australia doesn't actually set off that many alarm bells. Like a lot of politicians are climate like, deniers. Oh, yeah. 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 Cool. And it's like, his is a particularly virulent mm-hmm, mm-hmm. strain of it. Mm-hmm. But like, it's only when he starts to be like, COVID isn't... Re- well, he doesn't say COVID isn't real. He's got all the hydroxychloroquine exactly. and all this other yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah, And then, you know, dipping into the, like... It's not that know, dangerous. Pro-Trump insurrection support, like, people start to get very worried. But, like, there are, I'm saying there are mm, articles mm, going back, mm. like, over a year being like, <laughs> Whoa. there is trouble a-brewing on Craig Kelly's Facebook page. Yeah. They were not wrong. Um, so there's a couple of instances uh, around this time in the bushfires of him quoting scientific papers and the authors themselves specifically coming out and be like, that's not what we said. This is obviously wrong. <laughs> um, he cited a study by a UK scientist, Professor Sandy Harrison, and Craig Kelly claimed that the study showed that fires were reducing mm-hmm. in Australia. Uh, saying that, quote, yet again, the truth is the exact opposite of the alarmist narrative peddled in the media and swallowed hook, line and sinker by the naive and gullible. And you just, that's a quite a Freudian slip there. Yeah, this uh, (laughs) Latin phrase I learned recently in Marx, actually, which is um, uh, mutato nomine et de fabula narrator, which means change the name, and it's about the person telling the story. Yes. Uh, and, yeah. Uh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Mark's nailing it once again. Yeah. Um, 
So the professor in question, Sandy Harrison, responded, um, I am a working scientist and I do not routinely engage in arguments on social media, but I do not think that the misuse of scientific analyses should be allowed to go unchallenged. Mm -hmm. The paper explicitly shows that climate warming intervals in the geologic record are characterized by more fire, all other things being equal, and thus demonstrates exactly the opposite to Mr. Kelly's claim. Yeah. She said that while it was correct that there had been a reduction in area burned, the scientists, quote, provide an explanation for this in the very next sentence after the one Kelly quotes. Just, I, and, you know, like, I didn't, we, as, again, we don't need to go into, like, obviously climate change is real. I don't need to explain that to so. you, Noon, or to our listeners. But I think it is illustrative of Craig Kelly's particular flavor of conspiracy theorism theorizing sure. of conspiracy theorizing which you know essentially consists of screen capping like one or two sentences from a legitimate report giving it some kind of title like scientists say that there's less fire and then you know making it into a meme that boomers can share off your facebook page mm -hmm. it's not just like you know walls of text of kelly rambling like it's this sort of it's like Attempt quite semi emulate, social well, media performance of like, oh, legitimate scientific inquiry and like. Yeah, well, it's, it's like the, I, I just think there's a few sort of distinct flavors of mm -hmm. of conspiracy theorizing, and the one that kind of tries to emulate having good scientific gotcha. citations yeah. is it's to me it's just quite specific, yep. and it's very funny because it's like. You have to really close your eyes well, repeatedly like, while reading a sentence to like. Just, like, I mean, all words like, disagree. or everything that you're saying is the opposite of science. Mm -hmm. So why are you trying to use science? Yeah, like, do yeah. you believe in science or not? And <laughs> I, I don't know if you're going to get to this, but the hydroxychloroquine thing—it's the same people being like, well, "Oh, it's not a bad disease. You don't have to worry about it." And then like, "Why isn't hydroxychloroquine available for me?" Or whatever. It's like those are contrary p positions. And like, why even bother trying to find a scientifically useful cure or like you thought it didn't matter whatever as you say i'm not trying to convince anyone here i'm just like pointing out no it's a weird angle to approach things from it is it's like it's strange and i i like i personally find it quite hard to process but mm. again there's nothing sort of rational about this kind of right. thing um so it's kind of it's hard to sort of let's approach this from a logical perspective mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. it's just it's just not there. there's nothing there mm. um and then, uh, yeah, as, as I mentioned a couple of times, the real piece de resistance of his uh, climate denialism is the Good Morning Britain interview. I mean, getting shut down by fucking breakfast show hosts over climate change on like an international stage. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. It also reminds me how fucking weak Australia is, you know, like... No, you're totally under right. Under no circumstances would the Sunrise hosts have no pushed way. a British politician, let alone like repeatedly said he was lying or what or like they our journalists would just be like oh yes of course yeah thank oh, you for talking to I'm me like, sir somebody in the liberal party really fucked up by letting Putting that happen go there, yeah. like he'd already been banned from q a for that exact reason yeah, yeah. <laughs> by the prime minister <laughs> Like, he must have skirted no somebody. No one in Australia knows what British TV is. There's no way that this could find its People way back to our shores. Piers Morgan is. Yeah. Like, 
<laughs> anyway, um, but so, you know, I, I do think that video kind of sealed his reputation as like a backwards crackpot in the eyes of the kind of political establishment um, and definitely in the minds of the, of the left. I mean, you yeah. know, he's just a fucking joke. Like his, yeah. that's, he's a joke. Um, but obviously there's actually a big proportion of the population to whom him taking these like completely mm-hmm. opposite to reality stances makes him a kind of hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's this perverse thing of like the more extreme that his views are and the more alienated he becomes from like mainstream political discourse and even from his own party. The bigger the following of exactly kooks who tell him that he's doing the right thing. Yes. As we've seen in the US on a much bigger scale. Yeah, 100%. And, and, you know, in many ways, that is kind of the relationship uh, or the political identity that he's aping. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone or like far right people around the world are trying to be their local Trump. Yeah. And I think because of the way the Australian political system is structured, there's basically zero chance of us ever getting the same phenomenon. But like, it's still not good that people are trying. Like, the, the, there's still the same chance, opportunity for like, destructive tearing apart of like oh yeah he's still got the capability of doing a whole bunch of damage even if he's not ever going going to be in a position to like power yeah yeah become a fascist dictator yeah Uh, Yeah. (laughs) which i'm not saying that he aspires to necessarily but whatever um so then yeah noon as you as you uh as you mentioned uh covid comes around he transitions seamlessly into uh uh, becoming a, a COVID truther. And yeah, a lot of it focuses around hydroxychloroquine, as you said, um, which, as we know, is a drug that can have potentially lethal side effects if administered incorrectly and has there's just very, very spotty results in terms of whether mm. or not it's actually helpful in treating COVID. Um, we've been over all this shit before. The other thing that he posts about a lot, um, which I hadn't even heard about before I went to his Facebook page, is another treatment, ivermectin. I know all about ivermectin. There yeah. you go. It's, uh, it's used for to treat parasites. Parasites. River blindness is a common one. <laughs> um, and it does seem to be reasonably effective at treating coronavirus, but you have to take it at something like 200 times the concentration of the normal dose. Um that sounds great for all of your organs. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, um. yeah. As and like you know, again, this is what I'm saying. It's his particular flavor, and I think this is why it's such a like attractive flavor mm. of conspiracy theorizing that pulls so many people in, especially people who consider themselves to be like intelligent people or, or thoughtful, yeah, invested or... invested in politics and like interested in evidence. You mm-hmm, know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's the like. Friendly Geordie's crowd. It's the same basic move, right? Like, he's got different politics, obviously, but it's like, oh, here's a smart guy telling truth to power and he doesn't care whose toes he steps on and... and I, uh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, but, in ter- but, like, but, as, as but, a persona, I can see the overlap. But there. I think Geordie's does the same kind of thing of, like, here's a very small piece of a fact that I'm choosing to ignore all of the mm. context of. Maybe, maybe that's not, uh, not a particularly accurate comparison. Well, but... Here's what, where, why I think maybe it's kind of different. Sure. Um, and, and I guess you could argue that from a certain perspective, Friendly Geordie's, like, very selective use of facts that only support his very specific mm, position mm. is a kind of misinformation sure but to that to like if you accept right. that premise then so is this entire episode right which right may right. be a fair conclusion i leave that up to you listener mm-hmm. 
Craig Kelly is talking about issues of fucking public health and safety here yeah, yeah. and climate change. Like He's also like, de- yeah, deliberately lying, which I don't think Geordie's does most of the time. Yeah. Well, I would say the opposite. I think that Friendly Geordie's is far more disingenuous than Craig Kelly. Hmm. I think Craig Kelly genuinely believes all this shit that he's Interesting. saying. Interesting. When he, like, he just, you know, trolls other conspiracy sites, sees that people have posted something that says that there's been a clinical trial that shows that ivermectin is good at treating COVID. And he screen caps that little bit of information, which may be from a legitimate scientific mm, study. Mm. And he posts that to his Facebook page being like, here's evidence in support of my position. Of course, if he read the study, he would find out very small sample size or very spotty results sure, or sure. Yeah. 200 times the fucking normal dose. Yeah, and yeah. like your toes fall off or whatever. <laughs> um, but you know, that all falls outside of the screen cap. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would say that Friendly Geordies is far happier. Like, the, I think that he nakedly manipulates the people who follow him. Yeah, interesting. Um, I think, like, for no goal other than personal aggrandizement. Yeah, I think yeah. that Craig Kelly is like, we could be treating everybody with hydroxychloroquine. Right, right. What and, the hell's going wrong? Yeah, yeah and yeah. so when he posts that he wants to see, or not wants to see, what he technically said was, could Daniel Andrews be jailed for 25 years for not administering these treatments? Um, Very specific amount of time to be asking about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, exactly, because if you follow that down, there'd be some fucking line in the Constitution or the Magna Carta or something. He he found there was like 25 years. Exactly, yeah, you know. Sure. You know, if, like if if a uh, if a baron poisons his peasants, then he goes to jail for the length of the king's thumb or whatever. Like that would be is something like that. Um, but so you know, when he's like, he, he you know, he's like, you, Daniel Andrews, could go to jail because you're doing something criminal. You could be treating and saving these people. Like that's his perspective. But look, I mean, it's my opinion. But, sure. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Um, no, no, I, my Geordie's thought was kind of an idle comparison. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah no. No, well, um, I think it's good to tease these things, these, these things out. Um, we, and we've never gone super deep on Geordie's either because mm. it's like, you know, we don't want to give him the oxygen, but perhaps the time will come. Perhaps someone will suggest it for a future bonus episode. Please don't. I can't tell. Um, and I, I don't really know what, uh, getting back to the topic, Craig Kelly's like end game conspiracy is sure. with um, the COVID stuff. Mm-hmm. There's anti-vax shit kind of mingled in there. Maybe he thinks there's fucking microchips in the vaccine. I don't know. Like, do you know if he like got on board with Q? He's. I'm sorry. He. <laughs> that's all right. The bumping is not for the bonus episodes. You know, like you guys like us, right? You put it with a little mic noise. Yeah, I think that's that's enough time for people to to respond, respond. in the affirmative. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. I mean, being pro Capitol Hill insurrection, like it's, I mean, that is Q shit. Right, and right. But did he think that there were like, I don't, Hillary Clinton's a pedophile or whatever? Like, I don't, that I haven't seen any direct evidence sure. of him reposting Q stuff. Yeah, cool. And I reckon we would have heard about it. If he did, yeah. 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 Um, but like, there's no adjacent to that stuff. Exactly. And, there's and no and way the that lines that, and are like, blurry at best. And like, he's yeah. MAGA and MAGA mm. and Q again, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Climate denialism and conspiracy theories. Yeah, Make yeah. America Great Again, QAnon. There's massive yeah, overlaps yeah. in these categories as you, and they bleed into one another. And so my guess would be... At least probably like pa- softly. At, yeah, yeah, at least partially, at least ambiently. 
But yeah, so uh, it's interesting that you asked that, Noon, because the next thing I've written here in my notes, mm. it's interesting that you asked that about Q, because the next thing I've got written here in my notes is that Craig Kelly is just a guy who gets sucked in by every right-wing grift that comes up, and that's why yep. he was MAGA. Um, and uh, as you know, we covered his support of the, the insurrection in the U.S. Uh, most recently and relevantly to the episode that we just recorded, he reposted Avi Yemeni's grift fundraiser from Invasion Day. Great. Um, and so he is in, like a totally unambiguous and uncomplicated fashion, just a fully red-pilled conspiracy mm, boomer mm. on Facebook. He just happens to be also a member, <laughs> a member of parliament who is one of the most influential social media presences in Australian mm, politics. Mm. Shit is fucking wild. Yeah, it's no good. It is wild. Um, and... Uh, I've got here a little quote from the Wikipedia article, which, like, if you didn't believe me that... It's written by a constituent Thorough with an axe to grind. Yeah. <laughs> Despite calling for free speech on the platform, he blocks commenters, including constituents, who politely disagree with him. Um, they've, yeah, they've got wow. a fucking citation for that. Links to a Guardian article. <laughs> it's very like funny. it's very, it's a, re, it's a oh, waterproof. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fun, reference it's a, from wall to ceiling. Of yeah, every time he was a dick. Yeah, exactly. That's amazing. Um, so, all right. Um, that's a pretty good picture of, of, of CK. Let's just finish up with the last bit of, um, uh, I'll finish up my like bio with a, a last bit of recent news about mm -hmm. him. Uh, shit posters tanked his Facebook rating, cool. uh, which is very funny. That's I first... actually a classist and racist. <laughs> term. That's very bigoted. Yeah. Bigoted. So bigoted <laughs> um, I first saw this on Twitter. Someone had screen capped his Facebook rating when it had reached negative three. And they were like, I didn't even know you could get negative ratings on Facebook. Is it like a star rating? His star the... rating on wow. his page. Yeah. Wow. Um, cool. Anyway, it bottomed out at minus 671. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Before wow. Facebook apparently just completely took away the star rating from his page. Uh, and then it was reset at zero, which is currently where he's sitting at the moment, which is pretty funny so you know funny. basing your power and influence exclusively off social media is obviously a dangerous game she can go Sweet. either way saw in the u.s recently yes um but the interesting question for me is whether this translates into political success mm -hmm. right i mean he has been as we've seen propped up mm. several times in his political career by the liberal party establishment um but at this stage my guess is that they'll be looking to let him go at the next opportunity because he's become such a fucking liability, I think. I tend to think there are basically two types of politicians in Australia, at least, which are the ones that want to become prime minister and the ones that realize that's not on the cards for them. Um, and Yeah, he's just gone fucking hell for leather, like... I'm a backbencher and I'm going to do... I'm backbench the shit out of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to... He's gone full bull in a china shop in the Australian parliament. And like... Listeners may recall how totally incompetent Tony Abbott was, but he was one of the good ones. No, good is not the right word, but like the he he, he was a real time server. You know, he he put oh, in yeah, every yeah. inch of the effort he needed to become prime minister. That was clearly his goal from the day that he joined the party. Yeah, um, and no, he but was he was he was a competent political operation operator, actually running the country. Yes, and I think Craig Kelly probably knows 
he would not be a good prime minister. And it wouldn't be good for him either. Like, I'd, I mean, maybe I'm completely wrong about this. No, I'm, you're too I'm, hamstrung. I'm, you can't run a Facebook page like that and be prime minister. Seriously, legitimately. Or yeah. even in the cabinet or the front bench. No. Yeah. So, so yeah. I, um, I was just thinking, ruminating on this because you were like, I don't know if it counts as political success or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. Like, I mean, I think you need to define political success, uh, political success by the aims of the person. And if it means the whole country is now a climate conspiracy thing, like he's failed. But if it means that he's got a hundred thousand people who every day tell him that he's right and telling the truth and that he's the best person in the country, then that's a great success. And he's absolutely done it. Well, um, I think there's kind of being elected. A more broader, than once, I would count that as political success. Sure. I mean, he's had a, at this stage, a storied political career. So mm, hopefully mm. I've been able to illustrate, mm. but yeah, I, I wonder if there's a question here about is the shape of political success in Australia changing right. with the advent of social media? Right. Because Kelly is now way more influential as a Facebooker. You know, it's important that he's a politician as part of that Facebook sure, identity. It's reach or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. But he seems to be having far more reach and political influence as a Facebooker than he ever did as an MP. Mm. And maybe, you know... You're correct, Noon, in, in your in theorizing that, okay, maybe, you know, we're both correct in the sense that Kelly knows that his time is coming to an end, potentially, okay? That he's sort of outlived his usefulness to the, to the, mm-hmm. to the political establishment, that he's not going to get saved at the next pre-selection challenge. And if that doesn't happen, he'll probably go down. Uh, and so he's thinking, okay, uh, I'm going to make the best use of my time while I'm years. here. Yeah. And so... He's been a fucking conspiracy head the whole time. As I said, climate denialism is a conspiracy theory. So yep. we know yep. he, that's always been one, like his position on that. Maybe now is just the time he's realized, fuck it. Like, mask off. <laughs> exactly. He's gone full mask off and that's just what we're seeing. The question is, like, where does this lead mm. for him, mm. right? Well, I think... Because he, he's not going to get a job at fucking Ernst & Young after this. No, well, he might keep his Sky News role or whatever. Like, That's a really good point. Yeah, no, he'll fold really neatly into the right-wing media ecosystem. Right. And, or but, he does. Yeah, but I mean, I think, you know, people talk a lot about what's going to happen to One Nation if Pauline Hanson doesn't get re-elected. Or like, you know, at, at some point she won't be in Parliament anymore. And the general consensus, which I think is probably heavily tinged with hope, right? Like, I'm not sure this is a clear-eyed, you know, analysis, but, like, the general consensus seems to be once she's gone, the party's gone. Mm. And um, obviously that's different, like, Craig Kelly's in the Liberal Party and it's sort of almost the opposite, right? Like, that once he goes, Liberal Party will sort of, you know, appear again or something. Not quite. That's giving him too much power and them too much credit. But, like... Mm. um, yeah, I wonder where he might be able to, like, get a grip on, basically. Yeah, and, like, I, look, I think your prediction of Sky News is probably highly accurate. I mean, he's accurate. already there, so, like... Yeah, you know, yeah. and, like, yeah, not as, like, his Facebook audience probably won't dwindle. Right. Because they're not interested in him as a politician. Right, and he right. doesn't post anything, or almost anything political beyond... Daniel Andrews should go to jail. Right. Like it's wall to wall, mind melting conspiracy mm, shit. Like mm. it's just 
handmade boutique memes of boomer conspiracy shit. I mean, I gotta respect the effort. That's a good hustle. It, no, it's a, like it's clearly a huge amount of effort is put mm. into running his mm. page. It is really a conspiracy news blog mm. more than anything else. And there's multiple posts today which are like not just screen caps, but like text and there's photoshopping Graphics going on. And, yeah. Like, I don't know if he has a team of people helping him run it or what. I but mean, like, family and stuff. But yeah, yeah. But, the, you know, there's also enough typos in there that, like... <laughs> it seems like a personal account. Yeah, yeah mm. there's it, like a Trump vibe where it's like, mm. you can sort of feel him <laughs> coming through in some of the posts. But anyway, um, yeah, it, like, I think that he's he is kind of an interesting iteration of a new breed of politician mm. at this stage. Like, or maybe that's not quite right, but, like, because there's always been people who exploit political office to just like spread their crackpot theories mm. um but he's able to do but it like, in such a like an accelerated and rampant fashion mm. um but look the the other thing that i want to take from this aside from the idea that any kind of meritocracy in australian politics is clearly fucking bullshit when you look at this empirically guy. not the case yeah, yeah. He, he's been picked up by the collar like a little fucking Roller coaster tycoon patron by each successive prime minister and placed into his seat instead of one of those little squares of water where he'd drown. Um, is, that, is, is that too violent of an analogy? You no, just never I just played the game. Haven't played roller coaster tycoon. Yeah, but real I heads mean, know I what get, I'm talking about. I get the general gist. Yeah, I've, I've seen um, photos. And you call game. yourself a game stunk. <laughs> um, but like at the end of the day, like, and, and this is really. What I'm getting at here is that, you know, the, he, regardless of whether or not he's kind of gotten out of control, like, he was fucking created by the Liberal Party. Yeah, he was yeah. placed in power and kept there repeatedly. Um, so he is also kind of this, and in, in, in here's another one-to-one -one connection you can draw with Trump, that in the same way that Trump is this, like, person who harnesses conspiracy heads, white supremacists, mm. And like, you know, f various factions of the far right, and he's kind of like the, the melded the, them all. Well, the Republican Party tries to kind of like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like attach their wagon to him, ride him to power, and then oh yeah, we'll control his kook shit later. Yeah, turns out you That's can't very hard to do, especially storming when storming of the Capitol happens. All of your base are rabidly in favor of him. Exactly, yeah. and so Kelly, I think, represents like you know, the much on a much smaller scale, mm, the liberal mm. party having this person who like has this kind of grassroots support in, uh, but of these people that the liberal party can't actually really publicly acknowledge. Yeah. As their supporters. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, and now he's kind of like, as you say, gone full mask off mm. and they've apparently completely lost control of him. Um, so, you know, does he represent, like a waning of the power of the party establishment. Mm. I don't. I like. I mean, mm. and honestly, I'm. It's. I, I'm. It's pure conjecture. Yeah, like yeah. this may not be sound political analysis. But look, it's a. It's a. You know, his biography is long and messy, and I don't have at the end here any neat encapsulation of like. I don't know what the moral of this fucking story is. Oh, I do. I've known what the moral is the whole time. Don't okay, worry. tell me. We should start the Australian Podcasters Association. <laughs> well, on that note, listeners, uh, I think that that will probably do it for this bonus episode. Um, 
Thanks, Zach. <laughs> Thanks for doing all that research. That was amazing. I feel like probably you and I are now in the top 1% of people who know about Craig Kelly. And soon, so will all of our listeners. Um, so <laughs> All of our Patreon listeners. Yeah. Um, well, sorry for putting all of that in your brain. Um, <laughs> but uh, it happened to me. Yeah. And uh, now it has to happen to you too. Well, here we are at the end of the show. Um, you know, normally we'd uh, do a, a pup date here, so I guess I'll, I'll do a real quick pup date. Uh, my parents have been in town this week, which has been lovely. Uh, weirdly, this has been the longest time in my entire life that I haven't seen them, so there you go. Um, so it's been really nice to catch up with them, um, but also Bagel loves them both immensely and vice versa, so it's been very lovely having them come over here and him just be like completely smitten and excited he runs up and down he's squeak <laughs> too excited you know collapses on the ground for a pat but he's too excited to lie on the ground getting a pat so he does a zoom and it's very sweet um and yeah we, me and dad just went for a walk with him this morning uh, up and down the maribyrnong so yeah that was really nice um that's it that's the end of the show thank you all so much for listening uh sign up on patreon i was supposed to just say that before the pup date but you know whatever it's been a, a loose and weird episode, so here we all are. Uh, we'll catch you next week with a regular old snack pod. Uh, keep on snacking in the free world. Crunch, crunch. <laughs>